kind of a slow time for sports. Well, baseball has started. NBA playoffs start next month. NFL draft next weekend. But it's kind of uh, eh, not much going on. Kind of do a news dump today on courts and fields. Thank you for listening. I'm Tim Kelly. Like I said at the open, eh, just kind of a news dump. Slow, slow time before we ramp up. And then we say baseball, what, Memorial Day? That's when the season starts in baseball. But our Seattle Mariners, our heroes, 9-6, and tied for first place in the division as of this recording. Lost to the Astros, but they had beaten the Astros. Yep, I um, I don't care. I have found myself the last decade not really caring about the Seattle Mariners, who, well, my second favorite, well, professional team, my second favorite professional team besides the Seahawks, uh, went to started going to Seahawks games first, then went to Mariner games, but was in love with the Mariners in grade school, middle school, and high school because they were winning games and the Seahawks weren't. So most people who know me from those ages are like, holy smokes, even in college, I used to go to games all the time because I was in Tacoma and games were in Seattle. <clears throat> but as my professional career career took me places, I worked on every Mariners broadcast. Well, not every. I think the first week of the season, I didn't work on any of their broadcasts because I wasn't at 710 ESPN Seattle yet, but worked on every Mariners broadcast. And that was a repugnant team, or as radio host Peter Rosenberg would say, repug. They were uh, one of the worst offenses that you've ever seen. Ken Griffey Jr. came back, which was his final season, had no power left, and left mid-season. They went 67-95 and 95 that year. It's just amazing. It is amazing who was on that team. Was Griffey on that team? Uh, Griffey might not even been on that team. No, he was on 09. Yeah, he was... Yeah, it was just... I might, You know what? I, they were so bad, I might even be confused. No, nope, that's 2011. See, I can't even get my... There we go. They were 61 and 101, the 2010 team. That's right. Because I was like, wait, Wedge wasn't the manager. Don Wakamatsu got fired with about 50 games left. Yes. The Sean Figgins, his first year of a contract where he batted 259. Um, yeah, not good. Ichiro, still 200 hits. Russell Brannion, a pretty decent DH, but they flipped him. Yes, Griffey, no home runs, batted 184, just atrocious. Felix Hernandez, though, wins the Cy Young Award, 13-2. and I just, okay, we don't need to rehash a team from 11 years ago, but they were awful, just horrendous. It should have even been worse if you use the Pythagorean theorem, but after that season, working on all those broadcasts, 
screening phone calls in the post-game show. I just, my passion for that team has kind of, it's kind of evaporated. Um, great logo, great hats. I just, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know, and I keep telling myself each season this is going to be the year. I'm going to pay attention. They have young guys. Now, let me say, I do pay attention. I read about them a lot. But, I mean, they're 15 games in the season. And right now, I watched part of the first game. Watched all the highlights. I don't think I've seen a pitch since. Which, I guess I'm not... I guess I'm a different type of fan. I was going to say I'm not really a fan, but I still read about them. I know what's going on, but... Yeah, I don't know. And it's not like I can use an excuse. Not married, don't have kids. Just can't use either one of those excuses. Ah, just too many options. Too many options. Man, not having gone to the stadium in two years. Uh, I mean, and let's let's say the other things too. I mean, longest... Uh, they haven't been to the playoffs since 2001. Longest playoff drought. An ownership group that hasn't really seemed to care much. I mean, I'm sure they care per se, but I mean, we've had books written and I mean, not an exact quote, but profits over penance, which I guess it's a business, but I think to sustain a good business, you want penance, penance, not penance. Anyways. Uh, yeah, no, just, um, like we saw earlier this year with Kevin Mather, uh, the president, uh, blabbing and not really caring. It's just, uh, you know, the ownership has not been particularly great. And they have the longest playoff drought of NBA, NHL, MLB, and NFL. There's even expanded playoffs last season. They couldn't make it. So we shall see. Like I said, right now, I mean, was it two two years ago where they started off really well and people were comparing them to the 2001 Mariners? People, oh, you know, that team happened. Granted, the 2001 Mariners had Hall of Fame players like each row and Edgar. And uh, I can just give you one name. Now I can't even give you one name. You'll be like, who? But the hope is coming. Baseball, and also baseball is a completely different game, even from 10 years ago. I mean, yeah, now you're in the walk, home run, strikeout era. The, the three true outcomes era, and they've got the shift and all that stuff. Moneyball, great book, probably my favorite book, but seems to have uh, possibly, I won't say officially ruined the game, but yes, those are my... Those are my MLB thoughts. I probably will start watching the team here soon. I, uh... I do like them. I do. I, I, maybe I'm lying to you right now. I don't know. I'll put that in my to-do list. Football. Uh, pro football. You know, we spent a lot of time lately talking college basketball and movies with our good good friend and special guest co-host, Cody Peterson. Football, the NFL draft, coming up in two weekends. Uh, as of, Yeah. In in less than two weeks, it will be completed. The Seahawks not really partaking in this year's draft with only three picks, a second rounder. Uh, will they do something in the next two weeks to acquire more picks? 
who knows? Obviously, there was the Russell Wilson saga, which we've talked about a lot, but uh, in theory, they could trade him on draft day and get more, uh, get another year of first-round draft picks or another, an extra first-round draft pick. Not like teams have multiple first-round draft picks or they wouldn't for the uh, 2024 draft. So, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. A lot of people think uh, Russell Wilson is being positive, so there's no more issues there with the team. Who knows? 17-game <clears throat> season now. Don't really know if they have a backup. Doesn't seem to have a third wide receiver or a third pass-catching option. They've, I guess, solidified the defensive line. They've signed a lot of defensive linemen. But uh, no real defensive tackles. They signed Al Woods, but they got rid of Jaron Reed. Who knows what is going on over there? Uh, still looking pretty thin at cornerback as well. I'm a big proponent of trading Jamal Adams. I know people say that's crazy, but uh, you can get a lot of capital for him. And they have uh, draft capital, I should say. They have a... Uh, they have a pretty good safety in Marquise Blair, who or I it tore his ACL, so we don't know how good he will be coming back. But they used a second round pick on him in 2019. So they saw something in him. And then they have Quandre Diggs. So you have a good you have good depth at the position. But again, who knows? Uh I mean Schneider's never drafted less than eight times in a single draft. And they only have a, I think they have like 56, pick 56, pick 129, and pick 250. Um, the reason I know those off the top of my head is Pro Football Network has a mock draft simulator. It's very fun sometimes when you, uh, I'm not going to say bored, but when you're bored sometimes, that's Fun little thing to see. Uh, mostly realistic. Sometimes you get some pretty bad trades offered by the computer. Regardless. Trading down from 56. You can net some more picks. But obviously the talent starts to dwindle. But a lot of people think part of the reason the Seahawks traded down or got rid of their picks is because people wouldn't know how to scout this draft. It could be a crapshoot. Which to me seems like Maybe you'd want to have a lot more later picks because you can see how those players do uh, when you bring them in for training camp. I don't know. I I haven't really subscribed to that theory, but I'm also not a professional scout or general manager. I just play amateur one with my fantastic opinions here on courts and fields. Going to college football, college basketball, the NCAA, NCAA has approved a one-year transfer window, so it is uh, it is open for business. University of Washington basketball has had six players decide they want to transfer out. Uh, Shonis ended up at Virginia Commonwealth. Uh, I'm forgetting who... Uh, one of the players ends up at, uh, oh no, uh, Stevenson's going to South Carolina. I forget who's going to Montana State, but they're finding uh, new places, new homes. So congrats to all those players. UW's brought in a couple players, as we mentioned, uh, 
in the previous episode, so we'll see how that goes for basketball. But there's still a lot of, uh, it's kind of like musical chairs, right? Or, or a cakewalk, isn't that what it is? Where you have chairs and the cake on the seat. I might just be confusing something from years ago. But, yes, they will eventually, I mean, I think there's going to be players that are going to think they're going to end up somewhere, and they might not actually end up going where they think, uh, I don't know, I think there's, I'd say there's 11, 1,200 players in the transfer portal, which when you think about that, <clears throat> there's 340 teams. It gets a little more complicated because graduate, uh, if a player graduates, they're a grad transfer, so they can, <clears throat> they can go. They could go and play immediately even without this new, uh, new system. But uh, uh, ESPN had their list of top 100 uh, transfers, None of those players from the University of Washington were on that list. And nobody yet who has committed to uh, the University of Washington is on that list either. But uh, Groves from uh, Tanner Groves from Eastern Washington, I believe he was 19th, 20th. So he's he's still looking for a home. I don't know where that will be. Um, anybody else? Uh, Matthews, who played at West Virginia, is from Federal Way. He was top 80 I believe he's like 79th or something uh my father's alma mater South Dakota their best player Stanley Umide uh graduated and he's gonna go to Arkansas now which say he will start immediately which will be interesting to see how this works because now if you're a how do you approach this if you are a smaller college like the South Dakotas of the world, the Seattle U's, the Eastern Washingtons, the Portland State, who Portland State's coach left to go be the top assistant at Texas Tech. But how do you approach that? Because if you bring in, if you catch that diamond in the rough, uh, you develop a guy for two years and then the, uh, you know, uh, two or three years and then the Arkansas or the U-dubs or the Gonzagas of the world swoop in and say, hey, come play for us and you know it just do you load up do you load up on transfers uh i mean it's a it's a weird system because i I, players should not be penalized for moving just like their coaches do not get penalized for moving so uh a system that will need a lot of reform and something that i will probably not uh, uh solve right now in April of 2021, but maybe, maybe. Also, kind of the news with NCAA, Tommy Lloyd, the Gonzaga coach and waiting from Kelso, Washington, about, what, 40 miles from where I sit right now, 35, 40 miles. His hometown is a new coach at the University of Arizona. Uh, interesting. Uh, I mean, 10 years ago, Sean Miller being the coach, he's the one who got fired. If you would have said 10 years ago, yeah, the next coach after Miller is going to be a Gonzaga assistant. You know, people would have said, what? I mean, people still did say what. We'll get into that in a moment. But, yeah, pretty crazy when you think that uh, that's just how far Gonzaga's gotten. But also Arizona, um, as one college basketball analyst I heard say, uh, they have done everything <laughs> Every form of cheating they've done, academic fraud, uh, you know, all all of it, paying players, 
uh, is what they're all, all accused of all of it. So we will see what happens with them, but uh, in terms of penalties, so that's maybe why you get an assistant. Now, it's a name brand program. Won a national championship in 1997, which, you know, it's coming up on 25 years ago, but it's a program with a rich tradition, put a lot of players in it. Lute Olsen built that program, put a lot of players in the NBA, went to a few title games, won one, been to Final Fours. John Miller could never get to the Final Four in his decade there. Made a few Elite Eights, but uh, when you have that pedigree, it's uh, it's not enough. And, and it's the same thing. Uh, the players wanted to keep it in the Arizona, or the alums wanted to keep it in the Arizona family. So Gilbert Arenas, uh, before Tommy Lloyd was hired, Agent Zero was uh, not too thrilled when talking to Richard Jefferson. Uh, about the possibility, and he wanted somebody like Damon Stoudemire, who, an Arizona alum who is at the uh, University of Pacific and whose Pacific teams have gotten beaten handedly by Gonzaga, but he's the head coach. I think he had 20 wins, or 20 win season this year, but uh, didn't go with him. Josh Pastner, the uh, Georgia Tech coach, who was a Arizona player and assistant, former Memphis coach, now Georgia Tech, was uh, mentioned as somebody that the players wanted. And then Miles Simon, who had no head coaching experience, much like Lloyd, but he's a player. And Luke Walton was also, uh, you know, former uh, Lakers and current Sacramento Kings coach. But they went with Lloyd, and I assume the infractions or the uh, the penalties will be coming soon. NBA, we got playoffs in a month. Uh, the big the big story is all the resting that people are doing. Uh, it's caused a lot of caused a lot of debates. Um, you know of uh, you know back in the day with those players take the take the rest. Um, well, if the goal is to win a championship, I get why having the players rest. Also, season's a little bit of an anomaly. Uh, you started in December after finishing in the fall. I mean, it was a short off season, and you're doing a compacted schedule. I, I think it's. Um, I mean, you got to remember these are giant human beings for the most part. Even the short guys are six two, six three. Just remember that. And that's a lot of wear and tear on the body, and I'm actually not opposed. To them taking the rest that they have. I know, I know. It's uh, the game and the the sanctity of the game. And, you know, you know what, what was the old argument? You know, they say, oh, you play every game because that might be your that person's only chance to see Michael Jordan play. But there are places where, uh, well, none of the stadiums are full, full. So you can't really use that argument either. So, yeah, it'll be... Uh, I guess the big thing will be next season. I mean, they they wanted to hurry through this, the 2020-2021 season so that they could be back on schedule for the 2021-2022 season and uh, go the 82-game schedule. But, um, yeah. But, I mean, you have the team like the Nets who, I mean, I'd, I'd probably count on one hand how many times that Kevin Durant... Kyrie Irving and James Harden have all played together. Uh, but, you know, uh, again, I'm I be- I'm a big believer in the um, 
you're playing for a championship, not regular season victories. As as a Mariners fans, let's jump in the time machine and go back to 2001. Won 116 games. Amazing season. Tied the MLB record for most wins in a season. Or set the MLB. Um, yeah, but nobody cares because they lost in the American League Championship Series to the New York Yankees. So, yeah. Uh, now, granted, that was more, um, well, I mean, different sports. So, different different strategies. But the point being, people aren't concerned about uh, the regular season accolades. They're very nice. They should be uh, recognized and celebrated. But the goal is to put the banner on the wall and the rings on all the players' fingers, and that doesn't happen. Uh, now, you get to the network. Networks, uh, they need to do a little better job. Uh, you know, if a team's got a nationally televised game, you know, it kind of stinks for the network to not have star players on these nationally televised games helping grow the game, yada, yada, yada. But then again, I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth because... What days a player takes off should not be dictated by a television schedule. So who knows? Who knows? Um, NHL having a little bit of COVID issues. Seems like they're getting back on track. The Vancouver Canucks, rough, rough time for them. But they seem to be fine now. Uh, the trade deadline passed. They traded some players. So maybe they're going to infect the rest of the league. Uh, hopefully not. I think the... Minnesota had a couple of games canceled, if I if I read that correctly. But uh, we will be coming bigger hockey fans. Boy, in about two months, the expansion draft will be happening. Two, I guess three months is July. But uh, the expansion draft, the Kraken will start getting... Um, uh, it will get its first roster in, in the fall. Uh, Climate Pledge Arena up there. Uh, the, the former key arena. I guess it's not really the former key arena because it sounds like they've just gutted the place well not sounds i've seen pictures of it so they will be it'll be ready and the the practice facility is uh being built up at northgate so it's going to be a very exciting time we will we will dabble in the hockey podcast we'll have to get a hockey expert we'll, we'll find uh you know we can find these college basketball experts we can find some college football experts we can i'm sure we can find a hockey expert speaking of college football we mentioned the transfer rule that Applies for college football as well. Uh, UW adding a receiver, Jackson from Michigan, who's a receiver returner. So lost a lot of guys as well. Um, Austin Osborne ending up at Bowling Green, which is kind of wild. A kid from California ends up at Washington and ends up at Bowling Green. That's, that's, uh, that's a far travel, but hey, loved the program. Got sold on it and good for him. But uh, spring games are going on now, uh, practices and the, the spring games as well. So hope to have a college football season in the fall where fans can go sit in the stands, but we shall see if that comes to fruition. The uh, FCS is finishing up their season. They have their playoffs announced, but it's kind of funny because – there's some five and O teams. There's a five and one team. There's a six and O team. There's a three and three. There's a six and four. It's just all over the place. How many games teams got in? 
But the hope is uh, this will all be behind us. As of a few days ago, every person above the age of 16 was eligible to be vaccinated in the state of Washington. So hopefully people will be getting vaccinated. I myself am fully vaccinated. And uh, yeah, I I hope everyone that is eligible as well can and does so we can get back to enjoying great things like professional and college athletics. Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of Courts and Fields. I'm your host, Tim Kelly. Come back next week. We will have a college football expert on to talk about spring games, the spring practices, and the latest happenings in college football.